Peace, power, and prosperity, family. This is Amir, the Chicago crypto hustler, Bitcoin block bully, coming to you once again with an early rising show of coffee and crypto. It is finally Financial Fridays. What's going on, Facebook family? Uh, New Money Matrix podcast. How we doing out there? For those that will be listening in, um, it's 7.45 a.m. Shy Time Central. And we are going to be covering a couple of stories in the beginning of the show. Um, first one coming out of Forbes. New report outlines why Ethereum may outperform Bitcoin price in the next crypto bull run. Let's see what they're talking about here. The story goes on to state, New York-based digital asset research firm has released an in-depth report on Ethereum. In one small part of the report involves the potential for Ethereum's Ether token to outperform Bitcoin if a crypto market rally were to take place soon. This potential for Ether... To outperform Bitcoin is mostly based on the increased volatility that Ether and other altcoins have when compared to Bitcoin's price movements combined with the observation that all crypto assets tend to move in the same direction. High beta risk reward, right? On page of the Delphi Digital Report is called High Beta Risk Reward. On this page, Ether's beta, which is a technical measurement related to volatility relative to Bitcoin, is illustrated on multiple graphs to make the point that Ether has been much more volatile than Bitcoin over the past six months. In fact, I want to go back and, t- and show you something also. Let's look at institutional money buying Bitcoin versus Ethereum right now on Bitfinex. Let's see. Because what I didn't see was that buying volume. Let's see. Wow. Little to no. Look at this. Pay attention, family. Pay attention. Little to no buying volume on Bitcoin right now. Hmm. But when we come back and look at Ethereum, hmm. Do we see the difference here? And I'm going to tell you one big, big, big reason behind this. And this is one of the things that I've said time and time again. And for those that are listening in, we're looking at the buying volume on both Bitcoin and Ethereum on the Bitfinex exchange market, which caters to institutional big money in the hundreds of thousands of millions of dollars. And what we're seeing is low buying volume. Um, within this new year, leading out of last year, we have low buying volume on Bitcoin compared to December of 2017 when we had the big run-up. That's institutional money. Now, when we come over and we look at Ethereum, that around that time, November, December of 2017, low buying volume. Right now, we have some of the highest buying volume we've seen in Ethereum on Bitfinex right now. Some of the highest buying volume. So big money is buying or spending more money on Ethereum right now than Bitcoin. Hmm, I wonder why. And I've said this many a time. This is not to scare people. This is not make, to make Bitcoin look like it's worthless. In the, all in a nutshell, Bitcoin has done what it came to do. It is a store of value and it's a means of exchange. And it can be transacted peer-to-peer without the use of an intermediary or a counterparty or a third party. Now, at the end of the day, in my opinion, remember, this is just my opinion, that is all Bitcoin has to offer. I mean, sure, you got hard forks coming out doing this, that, and the third. But at the end of the day, Bitcoin, BTC, it, it did what it, was, it came to do. There's nothing more for you to expect out of Bitcoin. Do we understand and realize, comprehend, understand, understand what I'm saying right now? Ethereum, on the other hand, this technology that allows us to create a contract. Do you know how powerful contract is? Everything in this, everything within this United States jurisdiction is ran on contract. Everything, everything you do is in the contract. From you being born and signing a birth certificate to you be uh, coming a United States citizen, the Constitution, everything is contract. So now when you have this new technology that allows you to create digitized contracts without the use of a third party, which one do you think in a commercial jurisdiction sector that is ran off a contract would have more so of a use case in the future? Okay, we're going to use the Bitcoin. That's going to be our means of exchange. But at the end of the day, if I want to sell my real estate on the Ethereum blockchain, I'm going to have to have some Ethereum coin in order to create a tokenized version of that real estate that I have. Place it on the Ethereum blockchain as an ERC-20 or an ERC-721 token, right? I'm going to need Ethereum to do that. Now, if I'm knowing, and I've said this, I've been saying this example for about a year now. If I know that I need Ethereum, well, no, about six months. If I know that I need Ethereum in order to operate on the Ethereum blockchain, 
Don't I want to buy up as much Ethereum as I can while it's 100, 200, shit, $300 versus when it's 1,000, 1,200, 1,500 bucks because it's going to operate and do the exact same thing no matter the goddamn price? Do we understand and comprehend that? This is a technology, not a novelty coin, not a marble, not a baseball card. This is a technology, a tech. I'm gonna move along though. Let's see what uh let's see what uh Forbes has to say. Let's see what Forbes has to say. Let me see. Um, it goes on to say on um, page of the uh, Delphi Digital Report is called High Beta Risk Reward. On this page, Ethan's beta, which is a technical measurement related to volatility relative to Bitcoin, is illustrated on multiple graphs to make the point that Ether has been much more volatile than Bitcoin over the past six months. ETH has also been significantly more volatile than Bitcoin over the last six months. It's a 90-day beta relative to BTC. It's a 90-day beta relative to BTC is currently 1.5. Substantially higher than its historical average, though price history is limited, reads the report. Meaning that even though they come out, they came out with this report, they're going off a of limited uh, knowledge. So you get you take from it what you choose to take from it. This is not the end all tell all. Um, in general, crypto assets, and you sort of got to do what we just did and actually do your own research. Anyways, in general, crypto assets all tend to move in the same direction. I don't know if we're paying attention, but Ethereum is slightly going up. Said $139.38 right now when we were trading at $136 not too long ago. Um, in general, crypto assets all tend to move in the same direction according, according to Long Hash. This phenomenon became even more obvious recently as altcoins reached their highest level of sustained correlation to Bitcoin in history. Hold on. Let me get this open back up, make sure that I'm recording. Okay. Um, it's rather difficult to find an altcoin that will not simply follow the movement of Bitcoin price in a more volatile manner. And let me explain exactly why. In fact, I'm not going to explain because I've said it one, a million times. Why, when you're looking at coins, especially in the USD uh, balance, why they run when Bitcoin runs. I've said this a million times. A million times. If Bitcoin is increasing in dollar value, you are going to see a dollar value increase in damn near every cryptocurrency on the market that is paired to Bitcoin, which is almost, I believe, every single coin. Because the amount of Satoshis that it takes, I, will add that. I said I wasn't going to explain, but I'm going to explain it anyway. The amount of Satoshis that it takes to buy that cryptocurrency, those Satoshis are worth more in the dollar value than they were before. So if you pay 0.5 for any token out there in Bitcoin, and at the time Bitcoin was $3,000, and then you come back and Bitcoin is... $5,000. That 0.5 Satoshis, which would be what? That's 50 million? Yeah, that's 50 million. 50 million Satoshis is worth a lot more than it was when you bought it in dollar amount. But let's just say that the currency is still worth 0.5. It's still worth the same amount of BTC, so that hasn't really moved. But um, anyways, it says all coins tend to drop further than Bitcoin in bear markets and rise faster than Bitcoin in bull markets. And why is that? Because along with the price action moving up, if the buying power of it in BTC is moving with it, then it's catapulting at an extreme rate. Um, all coin tends to uh, drop further. Oh, okay. With this in mind, it would make sense to predict that Ether would perform better than Bitcoin if there was a rally in the crypto asset market, at least over the short term. The report from Delphi Digital noted that Ether has been experiencing mostly downside volatility against Bitcoin for the past 18 months, but that could be about to change. We are, however, beginning to see upside volatility picked up for Ether. Given the extreme high intramarket correlations we previously discussed, this is a trend we are monitoring closely as ETH may be poised to outperform if Bitcoin rallies. Anyone in Canada who does decide to jump back into the crypto asset market will make, want to make sure they are properly tracking their tax obligations as the Canada Revenue Agency is now targeting Bitcoin and other cryptocurrency users with audits. What is this? Oh, okay. All right, well, that was it uh, for Forbes story. But yeah, their outlook, I mean, and they're just speaking on price action and understand what they're saying. Understand what they're saying. Ethereum at $140, right? Bitcoin starts pumping. That means the money starts pumping into Ethereum. Plus, the price of Ethereum versus Bitcoin may be rising at the same time. So, Bitcoin going from, we'll say, 
4,000 to 6,000, and Ethereum going from 140 to 640, or if hell, 340, the percentage gains is going to be a lot more in Ethereum because the, the dollar amount is lessened. You understand what I mean? Um, moving into the next story, in fact, let's go ahead and take a look. Let's take a uh, pre-screening look and see what the crypto market is looking like right now. We got red or do we have green? What are we getting? Shaking the dice. <whistles> Wasn't what people was expecting now, was it? Wasn't what people was expecting. Look at this. We do have, we do have green out there. Litecoin, Ontology, Bitcoin SV, Stellar Lumens up 2.99%, NEO, um, IOTA. Engine coin running lovely right now, up 60, wow, 60%, 60%, wow, let's take a look at engine coin, wow, look at that weekly, I'm talking about the totally obliterated the uh, all-time high that we had in the great FOMO run, we see that? Break this down to a day, four hour, two hour, one hour. Look at that. Y'all had this consolidation period. I don't know who takes advantage of these little consolidation. And it wasn't even a consolidation. It was a nice steady. You know, you had that original pump, little sideways movement. This right here would have, man, lovely. Look how, look, look how it interacted with the 100-day moving average. Converged everything, bounced, converged, nice bounce. Came back down one last time. Look at that bounce right there off of that 55-day moving average. Look at that bounce off the 55-day moving average. Beautiful connect right. Beautiful. And right now, all support being held by the 7-day moving average. Very nice. Getting into the next story, MakerDAO. Token holders, which if you are an MKR holder, you are part of the governance system within the MakerDAO ecosystem. Um, the token holders have approved a fee increase for Ethereum stablecoin. Hmm. Let's see what they're talking about with this. After a four-day vote open to all token holders, users of MakerDAO's dollar-pegged Ethereum stablecoin DAI have voted to increase the costs associated with its primary service, pragmatic, program, programmatic, lend, ah, pragmatic lending, lending. Finalized Thursday. The first round of voting will put in motion another vote to raise the die stability fee that would increase this cost to users 3.5% up from 1.5% today, pending what appear to be administrative measures. Okay, this is interesting. Let's see what, the, let's see what type of effect this could have. Notably, token holders voted overwhelmingly to support the fee increase promoted by project leaders as a way to fix what has been described as a liquidity issue stemming from an influx of new borrowers using the protocol. Mmm. Launched in 2017, MakerDAO allows users to effectively take out loans in its own stablecoin, DAI, with the blockchain acting as both a lender and counterparty to the deal. Now, with a market capitalization of over $600 million, the MKR token is one of the top 20 ranking cryptocurrencies with a total of 1 million, only 1 million tokens circulating in supply according to CoinMarketCap. In total... Over 42,000 MKR tokens, or a total of 4% of that supply, were cast in favor of this fee hike. In comparison, there's just 9 MKR tokens against it. And those 9 must not have understood what was going on in the system and what they're trying to sustain here. They're trying to make sure that that DAI dollar, that DAI stablecoin, is able to keep its um, characteristics and its strength at that dollar. Keep that stability at that dollar. Now we have to remember... Unlike USDT, Gemini USD, USDC, True USD, um, GUSD, which is Gemini, which are backed by fiat dollars, which are debtors notes, which are backed by nothing, right? The die stable coin is actually backed by collateral, which being, in this case, Ethereum. Until they open up MCDs, which is going to be multi-collateralized debt positions or multi-collateralized uh, debts, where you're able to be able to collateralize a number of other tokens. Um, so they're just what they do. They voted to up the cost or the uh, the uh, the percentage increase in order to keep it stable. Let's let's read on. Unlike DAO tokens, MKR tokens are strictly held by users for the purpose of casting votes and paying fees, such as the die stability fee, to help collateralize the broader stablecoin system overseen by the Maker Foundation, which is a trust. Only about four percent of tokens appear to have been allocated in the vote. 
There seemed to be a tremendous support for the decision. Within 24 hours, we saw over 40,000 MKR in support. We saw nine MKR staked in opposition. Um, Richard Brown, a head of community development in the Make It Down Foundation, said, With any kind of voting system similar to staking votes, signal, signaling disagreement, even in the face of overwhelming position, is important. The move comes on the heels of a similar vote um, just last month to increase fees, and today's vote marks the third time in total that the protocol's users have so far etched, elected to increase costs. The key factors behind this decision, as stated in the proposal description, which I may, um, in fact, I am going to come back. I'm going to do a, a separate podcast, possible video, possible video where I go through. Um, okay, so it's making me connect my MetaMask. Hold on. Making me connect MetaMask. Make governance dashboard would like to connect to your account. Yes, we can. Welcome to the governance dashboard. Poll increases the stability fee by 2%. Vote yes. So it's been approved. And I am an MKR token holder. I am an MKR token holder. So I am part of the governance community myself. So I'm going to come back and I'm going to do a separate build on that. Anyways, it says the key factors behind the decision, as stated in the proposal description, included include the fact that Dai's exchange price has persistently hovered below $1 and high inventory levels among market makers and prop desk. Now, I'm going to tell you why this is important. One thing we want to understand that with this being under a dollar, that means you can get it for under a dollar. That means when it goes back to a dollar, you can sell it in profit of of over what you bought it, uh, paid for it. Do we understand that? Which is what a lot of individuals are doing. Which is what a lot of individuals are doing. So, uh, let me see. Calling the die stablecoin the biggest step in the right direction since the dollar was moved off the gold standard. <laughs> Founder of CoinNext Network, Arjun Bhutani told Coindesk that despite the fee raises, his bullish views on the cryptocurrency were unwavering. And I'm going to say that again. He said the biggest step in the right direction since the dollar was moved off the gold standard. Do we understand, comprehend, overstand, understand what the man just said? He's saying ever since you took that dollar away from being backed by something that have, has intricate, inst- ah, has actual value, meaning gold, us now having a die dollar? Backed by a physical asset. Think, pay attention to this, family. Pay attention to this. The dollar is not backed by anything than the full faith of the American people. There's nothing solid backing the Federal Reserve notes that we are using. The DAI stablecoin is backed by actual digital assets, being Ethereum. Ethereum would pretty much have to go to zero in order for the DAI stablecoin to be worthless. And we just went through a whole story about how important Wall Street thinks Ethereum is. So y'all put two and two together and tell me what you come up with. The goal of something like DAI is not to have put your trust in the system, said Bhutani. Obviously, it will be some time before economics are, the economics of it are validated, before people understand how this stuff works. But this is what people should hope for. This level of transparency is where their currency comes from. Let me give y'all a, a sneak peek. Let me show y'all exactly what they mean. Think about how many Federal Reserve notes are in circulation right now and what collateral you have back in those Federal Reserve notes. Now, let's take a look at the United States debt clock, and we can take a look at the world clock also. So this is the United States national debt right here. Do we see this number moving right here? This is how much in debt we are right now. So it's $22,112,345,353,700. Okay, watch how quick it takes for us to go a million dollars in debt. Watch this. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna sit still for a minute. Remember, debt means you have more debt to collateral ratio, meaning that you have more debt out there than you do collateral. Meaning you have more dollars out there than you have something actually back in the dollar. Because some Federal Reserve notes, some checks for balances. Hold on, we're about to crack a million right now. We're gonna see how long it takes. So we just added a whole nother million onto the United States national debt. Let's see how long it takes. It's 8.07 right now. Let's see how long it takes for us to get a million dollars in debt. Let me explain what I was about to say, though. So 
when you're looking at collateral or debt to collateral, you have more Federal Reserve notes or dollars out there floating around than you do have collateral. Now, you do have such things as collateralized loans where you put up the title to a vehicle, the deed to the house, and they give you a loan in the form of a check. Uh, um, which you then transact and turn into Federal Reserve notes and you use for what you want. So right now, there's more dollars out there than it is collateral backing it. It's 807 right now. We're going on 700, no, $800,000 in debt. We're about to crack. Is it under a, mi- under a minute? We're at 94, 95, 96, 97, 98. We just cracked another $1 million in debt, and that was under a minute, family. Now, when we come back over here and we look at MakerScan, and we look at the debt to collateral ratio, right? This is the total die debt. This is the total amount of dollars that this system has out there floating around right now. In excess of $92,025,660.46. That's how much die dollar is out there. But peep this. Look how much Ethereum collateral we have. This is how much ETH we have back in that die. It's only at 31.4%. What's this? Not $2 million. No, $2,165,994 die. Let's paint, a, let's, paint, let's paint a picture real quick. Let's paint a picture. And for anyone that may be commenting, asking questions, I can't see y'all comments while I'm going through and actually doing this. I'm going to come back over there in one second and check and see if I got anything. Let's change this to Ethereum, right? And remember, this is the, at the price. Remember, they have a certain number of Ethereum in there, not a dollar amount. Ethereum's only $140. Imagine if Ethereum goes back to $500. Imagine if Ethereum goes to $200, $180 even. Let's see, so they got 2154. How much Ethereum do we have in there? No, 2165994. 65994. So all of those loans could get liquidated and we would still have collateral left in the bank. I'm telling you now, this is, um, oh man, what, 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 what cryptocurrency is showing us. Oh, we got a couple of uh, CPDs in danger here. Somebody just opened one. This one is in danger. Let me see. They gave, they withdrew, and they locked in. That's all the same one. What CPD number is that? 551543. Let's see. Oh, but I'm getting off topic here. I'm getting off topic. Let me leave all this alone. I just wanted to show y'all something real quick. I'm getting way off topic. So the goal of something like that is to not have it put your to not have to put your trust in the system, said Butanti. Butani, excuse me. Obviously, it will be some time before the economics of it are validated, before people understand how this stuff works. But this is what people should hope for. This level of transparency, hold on, hold on. Can you go look and see how much the bank has out right now and how much collateral they have? I don't know. Go ask your bank. This level of transparency, this is the MakerDAO ecosystem right here. And where their currency comes from. Remember, for every single die dollar that is out there, it is backed by an amount of over-collateralized Ethereum. Every single dollar. There's not one dollar floating out there that isn't backed by a collateral. Not one. Moving right along, it goes on to say, as for steps forward now, the initial polling has concluded. MKR token holders will now move into a period of executive voting. During this period, users stake their MKR tokens in support of the proposed fee change again. Only, this time, as soon as the amount of staked MKR exceeds the number originally staked in support of the fee hike, that is 42,556.94 MKR. The change can then be automatically executed by any user in its distributed network, as highlighted by Brown during a community call today. The voting mechanism needs continuous approval. Anybody can actually execute that change in the system once we've tipped the balance into the new state. What's ahead? Once this round of executive voting ends, 
Cyrus Yunusi, risk management leader at the MakerDAO Foundation, a nonprofit supporting its development, explaining the hope is for a quick impact and stabilizing day's dollar peg. At the same time, he warned that those working on the MakerDAO risk management team are preparing for the fact that it might not happen, highlighting two other remaining scenarios. Let's see what they are. Speaking on the community call, if they go into it, Yonissi po- uh, po- posited, posited? Hmm. stated, one, we see a small but noticeable change, some upward pressure, but not all the way. The suggestion would then be to keep the cadence going and schedule another 2% fee increase. The other is the possibility there could be no impact on the dollar peg. Yonissi continued, in which case he suggested there be more forceful option used, such as a potential 3 or 4% day stability fee increase. In any case, in either of these two last scenarios, Yonessi said there would be the need for new governance polling similar to how today's was carried out and concluded. The next governance poll could include multiple options to better gauge a more variety of different options. And family, this is community uh this this is community driven. This is the this is a Republican form of government, is what I'm seeing going on with Make a Dow. I love how they, they I love the way they operate. Check them out if you haven't yet. Um let me see if we got any comments, any questions so far. I know I've been going on for a while, family. I do apologize for me just ranting about. Yes, absolutely. What's going on, uh Queen Z, brother Angel I mean sister uh Payne, brother Corey. Brother Lorenzo, what's going on, Lorenzo? How we doing, broski? My young bull. Brother Dennis, what's going on? Uh, Brother Johnson, Brother Raw. Uh, I was expecting a red day. I was waiting for a day to buy into a few coins. Wow, this is crazy elect- erection on engine. I'm in engine for long term. It's backed by the military. Brother Shelton and Miss L, how we doing out there? Now, moving into the next story. Moving into the next story. Why shouldn't you worry about crypto whales crashing the Bitcoin price? I don't even know if I want to go through this. Let's run through it real quick. It should be short. In a very formative webinar produced by Chain Analysis today, the blockchain research firm made the surprising claim that crypto whales, individuals with more than $56 million in Bitcoin, pose no risk to the price of Bitcoin. What constitutes a crypto whale? In the presentation titled, Who are today's Bitcoin and Bitcoin Cash Whales? Chain Analysis breaks down the types of whales into several categories, including... Criminal whales, early adopter whales, and trading whales. One term of interest, Bitcoin cash whales, on average, hold about 250% of the crypto that regular Bitcoin whales hold. The company defines a BCH whale at about twice the rate they categorize a Bitcoin whale. So, to be a whale by their definition, you must hold at least 15,000 BTC. To be a Bitcoin cash whale, you must hold at least 30,000 Bitcoin cash. Early adopter holdings have dropped from 9% of all Bitcoin in circulation to roughly 5% today. The presenter told viewers that inflation via mining is only part of the reason for this. Some whales did sell part of their holdings during bull runs. The company sees this as a sign of health for the crypto community. They noted that trading whales have the most positive effect of the whale classes. They provide a stabilizing effect. Uh, and Moon Overlord said they're noobs. Bitcoin is not naturally going down. It is being pushed down via whales placing spoofy sale orders on exchanges to make noobs and risk managers sell to buy back lower. They are selling your bags and will make you buy back at a higher uh, price. Trading whales have begun to supplant other types of whales in terms of their holdings. At the end of the webinar, someone asked if trading whales might also be early adopters. The presenter said that while some early adopters have some signs of trying to accumulate more Bitcoin later on, it generally isn't significantly enough for them to cross over into the other category. Every whale should, no, every whale could splash and Bitcoin price would be safe. The semi, the semi-apocity, hold on, I looked up this word earlier. Let's see what their, uh, copy, oh, hold on. I don't like to go over words that we don't have. Let's see. Semi-transparent. Ah, okay. The conditions of lacking transparency. There we go. Okay, now we got to understand. So, the semi-transparency of the Bitcoin blockchain means at least some of the addresses studied are probably small groups of traders rather than individuals. The good news is that the actual threat that all whales pose to the cryptocurrency economy is relatively slow. 
low, excuse me. If they sold off their entire holdings, it would be effectively it would be effectively a three point nine billion dollar sale at current prices. That's not quite ten percent of the current total market capitalization of Bitcoin. Obviously, a sell-off in that range could have some impact. Bear trading bots would respond, but so would bulls. The net effect of the price of Bitcoin is decidedly low, according to chain analysis research anyway. That said, we've never seen the true impact of such a sell-off. If strong sell orders of this magnitude were actually put into play, the actual outcome is difficult to determine. Meaning, you can't tell the future. You can't say, oh, if they were to do this, this is going to be the outcome. A lot of things, if you haven't experienced it yet, you have to experience it to have sort of a basis to make of even trying to come out with a possible outcome. One aspect of such a scenario is that new coins would be entering exchanges for the first time. We know that up to 2.5 million BTC change hands every day on exchanges. But, often enough, these are the same coins being traded over and over again. Most trading whales set Bitcoin with the expectation of buying it back cheaper. Yeah, they sell Bitcoin with the expectation of buying it back cheaper. They increase their holdings, further declining the risk of their types of whales, of other types of whales. Crime whales present the lowest threat to Bitcoin price. Never heard of crime whales. See what they're talking about. The one of the, the one of the groups who effectively pose the smallest risk to Bitcoin's price are criminal whales, or people who've made their money from the dark net markets. These whales don't sell in the same way that other whales do, so the existential risk they pose is much lower. When criminal whales sell, they want to evade detection. Think gift cards and altcoin laundering schemes. They've also begun to move to privacy coins over the years. The transparency of blockchain is not an asset to these type of whales, so they tend not to use it unless necessary. So very interesting article about as far as do what do whales have an effect on the market and do they not? Did I want to get into this? Instant uh, crypto credit line provider says it processed three hundred million in seven months. Interesting. Let's get into it. Next, though, eh, let me see. We're not going to get into it. They're basically saying that, um, well, now let's read into it a little bit. Nexo enables consumers to deposit their crypto assets into a secure wallet, this sounds familiar, and instantly access a flexible credit line via automated approval and without the need for credit checks. Ring a bell for anybody that um, came and was part and partial of the decentralized finance class. They call, I mean, they can then spend their credit by card or withdraw it to a bank account the same day or next day transfer without incurring hidden fees or foreign exchange commissions. The platform says its inherent rates, which are deducted directly from a user's available credit limit, start at an 8% annual percentage rate. Mm. What do we got over there? What do we got over there, family? With the company arguing this is a much lower than the average credit card rate. Repayments on loans, are flex- on loans are flexible and have no minimum requirement, and they can be complement- completed at any time without subjecting actual cost. Nexo has been featured on CVVC's list of the 50 most important Swiss blockchain companies, and it says it is the only crypto lender that makes loans available to more than 200 jurisdictions around the world. Hmm. It says it's the only crypto lender that makes loans available. I don't know about that. Well, when we look at it being a third party and you actually going through and it being centralized, yes, then I would agree with that. But when we look at a platform such as MakerDAO, where every individual, no matter the jurisdiction, has essentially the right to create a collateralized debt position and pull their own loan out, I don't know, Nexo. I like having my own power and being sovereign in my commercial affairs. According to Nexo, the raging bear market in the crypto world has not affected its performance, and the company earning a net profit of $3 million within the first seven months of its operation. Hmm. You know what? Okay, within three months, they earned $3 million, right? I'm going to show you all something. I got an a, a, a email today, right? Let's see. Let me show you all something. That's, that's a centralized. Basically, what they're doing is centralizing everything, that the uh, different platforms that are out here that are decentralized. Now, when we speak on that, right? I want everybody to understand. Hold on. I want everyone to understand that much like they outlawed or banned BitConnect, right? And then BlockFi comes up with a fuck with a lending platform that does the exact same thing essentially that BitConnect was doing. Whereas they're taking your money, loaning it out to other people. Man, I forgot the term for it. Interesting stuff though. Interesting stuff. Um Hold on, where was this? Okay, there we go. We got 10K of Ethereum locked in. Here we go. This is what I wanted to bring you. 
So, real quick, right? We can see I got an uh, a, a inbox from Instadap, and it says, I hope you're uh, having a wonderful week so far. We hit a huge milestone in the past few days. Read to find out more. Over 10,000 ETH, ETH locked in. Since our launch three months back, we're so excited to let you know that we have over 10K in ETH, or 10K ETH locked as collateral. Over half a million DAI lent through Instadap and with, and with over 200 CDPs created. Check out our stats on MakerScan. Wow. So 10,000. Hold on. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see exactly what we're sitting at right now with Instadap. And they got an uh, annual APR of 1.5. Hmm. Let me see. So we got 10,207 Ethereum. Let's see how much that is. 10,207. They may, they may have them beat. 10,207. Okay, so in the last three months, they did 1.4 million. 1,405,871 dollars. But, but, in their defense, this is decentralized banking. This is decentralized financing. This is not with a third party. This is you handling your own commercial affairs on your own. So big difference there. Big difference. What we're seeing here are a bunch of people that don't want to handle their own affairs and want to pass it off to somebody else and let, let them, okay, look, I'll give you 8% for you to do the exact same thing I could do over here at 1%, 1.5%. That's how I see it anyways. So I'm not going to, uh, okay, insecure and secure. Hmm, let's see. According to Nexo, all the crypto assets that it holds for users are insured against third-party hacks, copying, theft of private keys, insider theft, or dishonest acts of employees. This custody insurance coverage compensates clients for losses up to $100 million in the event of a security breach. Now, this is what we got to comprehend and understand, family. When you see numbers like this, like, yes, we, we, we insure you up to $100 million. Is that for the individual or is, for that, is that for the company at a whole? So as a whole, if the company loses $100 million, not each and every single person, because a lot of people think, well, let me not get into what a lot of people think. I can't tell you what a lot of people think, but you got to really comprehend some of the stuff that you're reading sometimes. So that would be a big difference that they're insuring each individual up to $100 million if they're insuring the whole platform up to $100 million. That makes a very, very, very big difference. Um, this custody insurance... Coverage compensates clients for losses up to $100 million in the event of a security breach. Nexo has taken out an enterprise solution policy offered by BitGo, which is another company you want to check out, backed by Goldman Sachs mm, and provided by Lloyds. The company also says that it is founding a member of the Collateral Protection Insurance Consortium, which ensures that borrowers are fully compensated if the assets they provide are sto destroyed, stolen, or rendered unavailable. Nexo has been backed by Michael Arrington, the founding, founder of TechCrunch, with Arrington XRP Capital investing substantial amounts into the project. The company says that its website has now received more than 1 billion impressions, attracting 35,000 members in its Telegram community, along with more than 31,000 followers on Twitter. This crypto lender has been featured by renowned business publications and news services, including Forbes, Bloomberg, and Reuters. So, there's options out there, family. There's options. Now, getting into the last story, family, XRP community calls out Coinbase over misleading claims that XRP is permanently lost. Yes, they do have individuals that have been using Coinbase, sending XRP here and there. And then Coinbase, I mean, number one, the transactions aren't making it where they need to make it. And number two, Coinbase is coming in and telling them that they're permanently lost. Interesting. Interesting. Let's see what they're talking about. The XRP community rejoiced when the token was finally listed on Coinbase Exchange. However, their happiness was short-lived as the users were told by the exchange that the XRP was permanently lost. Once the third largest cryptocurrency was added to their exchange and when the users tried sending XRP to another user through Coinbase, their XRP was reported to be lost. There was an error on the Toast wallets in as they did not provide users with the designation tag input option. Wow. Wow. Resulting in the loss of the user's XRP. So much like when you send Stellar Lumens and they have the address along with the, um, the uh, memo. And it's funny because a lot of individuals over the last couple of days were asking me about sending XRP or another currency. Um, I think EOS and asking about a tag or a memo and I was trying to tell them, tell them where to get it. I guess they didn't offer it when you needed it. Wow. 
This loss was due to Coinbase's inability to recover the funds, which they branded permanently lost. Mm -mm -mm. The tag generally helped exchanges make sure that the funds went to the right user. And in this case, the emailed, they emailed the customer that the funds were lost. The email reads, because you used an incorrect in the destination tag with your XRP transaction, Coinbase is not able to recover your cryptocurrency as it is permanently lost. It is important for a user to insert the correct number when sending XRP to exchanges. However, due to human error, the number entered by a user can be wrong, and most exchanges manually allocate the funds to, to the customer. However, Coinbase did not deem it necessary to undertake that procedure. Mm -mm -mm. The development caused an uproar in the community, and XRP community is calling out Coinbase for not being prompt in fixing the problem. We win. The XRP, XRP Titbot developer and a prominent member of the XRP community wrote to Coinbase. Now I'm getting frustrated at Coinbase. This is simply not true. Coinbase is not able to recover. It's permanently lost. The XRP most definitely isn't lost. Isn't it in your hot wallet and you're not able to recover? You simply refuse to. This is misleading. This is what they're telling Coinbase family. There is an outgoing debate in the crypto community about the issue and the Coinbase's unwillingness to fix it. Matt Hamilton noted that according to his knowledge, this is a user experience or UX issue in the wallet being used that, you, that caused the user to mistakenly omit the tag. However, he was contradicted by Wynn himself as he explained that it was not a technical issue and that such a problem had occurred with TipBot as well. Wynn said, or... And this happens with TipBot every now and then as well. People enter the tag, but a wrong non-existing one. Shit happens. That shouldn't result in loss of funds. The event prompted many users to switch exchanges as Twitter users discussed the efficiency of other exchanges, including Binance and BitTrue. The situation appears to be a loss for Coinbase as the chief executive officer, Brian Armstrong, and the exchange have not officially acknowledged the mishap. Wow. Has anybody that's watching right now had any type of problems out of um, Coinbase over the last couple of weeks, months, days even? Anybody? Hashtag to delete Coinbase. Yep, I've been seeing that a lot lately. Now it's time to move over into the second half of the show, family. We already knocked out the news. Now it's time to get into the top 20 countdown. Um, let's see. Wow. Okay. Got a little green coming into the market. Over the last hour. Uh, well, not really. As we scroll down, we see how, how dismal it is. Let's see. Let's get rid of this. We don't need. Maker scan. We don't need anymore. All right, let's run through this top 20 family to see exactly where we're at. Right now, we have a circulating supply of $134,618,991,133. That's a circulating market cap as shown on Live Coin Watch, which does include Korean markets. Now, coming in the 24-hour volume, we have 15797749814 dollars. I like seeing those double-digit numbers when we look at the 24-hour volume. Coming in right now, BTC's dominance is at a 51.47%. Coming in at number one, we got Big Bang Kang. And I'm gonna, um, for those that are watching, family, after I get done with the countdown, we're going to take a look at the biggest gainers. Um, if you have coins that you want to look at, that you want some type of analysis on, post those coins now. If I don't see, because I, I know it's a lag, so when I tell people to post their coins, I got to wait. If I don't see coins posted once I'm done doing the top 20 and the biggest, I'm going to move along, probably, you know, talk some stuff for a second and then end the show, okay? So if you don't have any coins that you want to look at, I'm going to, you know, complete the show. So uh, coming in at number one, we got Big Bang Hank Bitcoin trading at $3,940, up 0.6% within the last 24 hours, up 0.2% within the last hour. Coming in at number two, we have Ethereum trading at $139, up 0.3% within the last 24, 0.4% within the last hour. Coming in at number three, we got XRP. Um, Ripple's XRP trading at 31 cent, down 0.8% within the last 24, up 0.3% within the last hour. Coming in at number four, we got Litecoin trading at $57.15, down, no, excuse me, up 0.7% within the last 24 and 0.6% within the last hour. Coming in at number five, we have EOS trading at $3.79, down 0.2% within the last 24, up 0.4% within the last hour. Coming in at number six, Bitcoin Cash trading at $130. 
Right now, it is up, no, down 1.3%, 1.03% within the last 24, though it's up 0.4% within the last hour. Top six coins all seeing growth within the last hour of over or close to 0.5%. Coming in at number seven, we got Ethereum, excuse me, USDT, which is the cryptocurrency equivalent to the United States dollar, better known as United States dollar tether or just tether, trading at $1.02 right now is down 0.44% within the last 24 down 0.05% within the last hour. Coming in at number eight with a nice pullback. Binance coin trading at $14.27. Right now down 5.18% within the last 24. 1.8% within the last hour. Coming in at number nine, we got Stellar Lumens trading at $0.08. Cent, up 2% within the last 24. 0.2% within the last hour. Coming in at number 10, we got Tron trading at $0.02. Cent, down 2% within the last 24. Coming in at number 11, we got Bitcoin SV trading at $67.47. Up 0.8% within the last 24 hours. Coming in at number 12, we have Cardano trading at $0.04. Cent, Right now, it is up 0.6% within the last 24, up 0.6% within the last hour. Coming in at number 13, we got Monero trading at $50.32. Right now, it is up, no, down 0.4% within the last 24, though it's up, eh, not even really up. Coming in at number uh, 14, we got IOTA trading at $0.28, cent, pretty much even, eh, up 0.6% within the last 24. Coming in at number 15, we got Dash trading at $84.37, up 0.2% within the last 24 hours, 0.4% within the last hour. Coming in at number 16, we got Maker. Dow, MakerCoin, MKR, trading at $685, down 0.8% within the last 24, though we're up 0. Uh, well, pretty much even. Coming in at number 17, we got NEO, trading at $9.08, gains of 3.7% within the last 24 hours, 0.6% within the last hour. Coming in at number 18, we got Ethereum Classic, ETC, trading at $4.37, down 0.7% within the last 24, though we are up 0.44% within the last hour. And coming in... Last but not least, number 20, once again, Boltcoin, trading at $2.97, down 1.4% within the last 24, up 1.3% within the last hour. Now, I want to go a little bit past the top 20. Look at Ontology right now, trading at $0.98, cent. $0.98, cent, up 4.6% within the last 24, down one point. no, excuse me, up 1.2% within the last hour. We got Waves at $2.76, gains of 5% within the last 24 hours. Basic attention token with gains of 7% within the last 24 hours. Bitcoin gold with gains of 2.22% within the last 24 hours. Chainlink 10% gains within the last 24 hours. Let's see who our top runners are. My stomach is growling. I need to go make me some breakfast ASAP. Okay, so we got Crypto.com up 58%. Aurora up 55%. Project Pi up 31%. In fact, I'm about to see if I can get Aurora coin on, uh, on the uh, Trust Wallet. Neem up, man, we got, man, we got some nice gains. Wow, Digitex up 12%, Aeon up 13%, Mana, Decentraland up 12%, Ravencoin still holding gains up 9%, Chainlink up 10%, Icon, ICX up 8%, Basic Attention Token up 7%, Quash up 7%, Loop Ring up 6%, Holo Hot up 6%, that's huge for something so cheap. Let me see if we got any questions, any comments. Okay, Brother Cruz wants to check out Waves. Let's take a look at Waves real quick. Let's see. Let's look at Waves versus Tether. First and foremost. Wow. What is this? An hour chart? Damn. We look at the look at the volume coming in the waves over the last hour. Look at the volume coming in the waves over the last hour. Just starting. Waves is just starting to run right now. Look, if we break this support right, this resistance right here, brother Cruz. Hold on. Hold on. Let's see. I love this. I love this. I love this. I love this. You see where we cracking right now, right? You see where we broke up to, right? That 50% retracement level, that's your resistance. You break that, you can be on your you can be on your way to 61. Normal levels of retracement usually between 38 and 61. 
And look what happened. We came down, retested 38. Hold on. There we go. Look at that. Ran up, came down, retested 266. Bounced back up to two. And this is an hour chart, fam. I mean, all this is just now going on over the last three, four hours. I wish I'd have had some damn alerts set for waves. So I definitely missed this. Definitely missed this. Oh, my GDX is running back up to 2226. Ooh, lovely gap to the upside. Y'all notice, y'all do know the stocks just opened eight minutes ago, right? <coughs> this is the Van Eck ETF Trust Gold. This is available on um, Robinhood. The ticker is GDX. Very nice. Very nice. Came down, bounced off that 21. Very nice gap to the upside. Broke all moving averages. Let's take a look at AMD. AMD. Hey, don't sleep on AMD. Do not sleep on AMD. Let's see. Let's take a look at ACB. Aurora Cannabis. That's why, I look, coming right back down. That's why I got these. Look, for anyone that's been watching this for a while, y'all already know these levels of support and resistance have been set. Once again, came back down and retested that same level. But look, at, look, look, what, look how Aurora's rocking, though. Wild swings. Nice uptrend. Looking very nice. Oh, back to waves. My fault. Well, no, nah, I mean, shit, hey, you cracked that 50%, man. You know? Now, would I buy into this? No. Because we've already ran. Now, would I want to get in on a breakout? Yes. Yes, I would. That's what I would be looking for for ways if I haven't ended already, a breakout. So, with that being said, I don't see any other coins posted. I'm going to end this here. I want to thank everybody that tuned in for the Early Roger Show of Coffee and Crypto with the Bitcoin Block Bully. Um... Be on the lookout. I'm going to be coming back live a little later on. Um, and we damn near running right on the hour. We have 52 minutes on the New Money Matrix podcast. I want to thank everybody that tuned in with me for the early rising show of Coffee and Crypto. Definitely return. Um, my new time is probably most likely going to be 7, 7.30, um, 8 o'clock at the latest. But I want to get out here a little bit more earlier to the people. So until the next video, until the next podcast, this is Amir, the Chicago crypto hustler, Bitcoin block bully. Peace, power, and prosperity, family. I am out of here.